Good morning. We appreciate you being with us this morning, and if you're visiting, we appreciate that. And those who are on our live stream, we appreciate you being gathered here with us this morning as we are gathered here to, to break bread in remembrance of our Savior. As we begin this morning, let's start with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful and thankful for this opportunity. And Father, we are thankful that you have blessed us so much. We ask now, Father, that you be with us as we do this lesson. We pray, Father, that that I may have a, a recollection of what we have studied. And we pray, Father, that it will be well-pleasing in your sight. Father, be with those that we were mentioned in prayer that need our prayers. We pray, Father, that you will be with them. Be with our missionaries, our soldiers. Be with our nation. Be with your church. We pray, Father, that your will be done in all things and that you forgive us of our shortcomings. For it was in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my lesson this morning is actually the title of it is called Lockdown Lessons. And just some things that I learned. We've all been through, through this together uh, for a while. Uh, through the pandemic, to, to be locked down in quarantine, and we're just now beginning to stir a little bit more. But there's some lessons that, uh, that I looked at and observed. Now, let me... Let me tell you, first of all, any information I'm giving you is not medical advice, okay? I don't pretend to give you medical advice or anything of that nature on COVID-19, okay? But I have noticed this. The approach that we have approached COVID-19 with, in many cases, is a reflection of people's spiritual attitude and our society's attitude and spirituality in general. For example, I was noticing and, and reading a, an article, and the title of the article was, I'm over, I'm done with COVID-19. Meaning, I'm fed up with it, I'm tired of it, I'm ready for it to go away. The rest of the title says, but COVID-19 is not done with you. That's a very true statement. And I wondered on that. I thought, you know, so many times, you know, I'm, I'm, I got to think about this. I'm done with it because, you know, what's going to happen to schools? What's going to happen the football season. What's going to happen to, to, to sports, you know? And, and for me, I mean, it hit on, as you all know, that I farm and I love going to county fairs, and there's several that I go to. Almost every one of the county fairs I go to show sheep that I get to see my friends who have that same interest have been canceled. And folks, I've got some of the best lambs that I have ever had. I want people to see them. 
But guess what? I'm not done with COVID-19. I've got to deal with that. And that's our attitude so much. We're tired of it. We're done with it. We're finished with it because we want to be done with it. But you know, you look at that, I think, about Jesus whenever He was tempted. In our spiritual lives, we are done with Satan. We're tired of him. We're tired of what he does to us. We're tired of him tempting us, gouging us, trying to make us do things that we should not do. We're, we're tired. We're done, of, we're done with the effects that he causes. And just because we decide we're done with him, guess what? We may be done with Satan, but he's not done with us. I think about the temptation of, of Jesus that you look at in Luke chapter 4. And you know, when, when after he was baptized, went into the desert, and there was Satan who tempted him, you know, turn these rocks to bread. Well, I'll give you all these things if you'll bow down to me. Here, you go up to high and jump off this pinnacle and show me you're the Son of God. You'll be called. And of course we know that Jesus resisted him in that. But notice what verse 13 says. That Satan, he departed from him until an opportune time. Jesus made it through that round. But even with Jesus himself, Satan says, I'll be back. You are not done with me. And we need to realize that. In our lives, we may be tired of the effects that Satan does, but he's not done with us. He's going to be back. The second thing I noticed on this too is, is the interpretation of information that we have received on this. It seems like, don't matter who you talk to, every one of us or everybody has their own version or their own interpretation of the data that they've been presented, the information on COVID-19. Well, here's what this means. It means that we don't have to do this. It means we've got to wear a mask. Well, I read this data, and it means we don't have to wear a mask. Well, social distancing don't make any difference. Well, you better stay six foot apart and farther if you need to. Everybody's got their own interpretation. It seems on that. And it doesn't matter what the facts are. They take those facts and make it say what they want it to say. It's like many people in our society. You know, some people interpret the Bible in different ways. The facts that are there, here it is laid out in front of us. 
but yet somebody will take some portion of the Bible and they'll try to make it mean what they want it to mean. And in there too, you know, and, and I realize when I, I do this message, this lesson, there may be some people that I upset, that I make mad. So be it. Have y'all heard some of the conspiracy theories that are thrown out there? Well, look here at this fact, and then all of a sudden we go off on a tangent that goes some wild theory of here's what's going to happen because of COVID-19. Some people say, well, it's all fake. Some say it's, it's real. By the way, I believe it's real. But they'll twist the facts to try to get you to do what they want you to do. Have you ever heard some of the theories with people within the Bible do this? Well, guess what? You know, the world is going to end and they'll give you a date. I don't know how many times that people have decided that the world was going to end on a certain date. January 1st, year 2000, you better watch out. Remember that? But you know, there's only one who knows when that will be. And that's God. But yet, it doesn't stop people from taking what the Bible says and wanting to twist it. And so many times, that happens. That has happened during this. We want to take and, and fit things to fit the mold, the lifestyle, the whatever that we want. And that's scary. I think Paul gave Timothy, Timothy some good advice whenever in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Actually, we can look at, at verse uh, 16 and 17. Paul tells Timothy, the young evangelist, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Word of God is inspired by God. It is His Word. Well, what's it good for? Well, there's a whole list of things here. Doctrine for reproof, for correction. Anything in our life, any direction that we need to go, God's Word is, is there. It is His Word. Whenever we read our Bible, it is as if we are standing in His presence and He is speaking to us. Our interpretation doesn't really matter. It is what God says. In chapter 2, in, in that same, same book, 2 Timothy, verse 15, if we look at verses 15 and 16, Paul tells Timothy, he says, Be diligent to present yourself 
approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. Timothy, you rightly divide the word. That doesn't mean throw it away, separate it out. That means that you study it. You be diligent in studying it. And you take it and you apply it. Using it as it should be. But if you look at verse 17, on, or excuse me, verse 16 on this, you look at that and it says to avoid those foolish babblings, that foolish talk that may be out there. Because what does that amount to? That amounts to more ungodliness. It amounts to more hysteria. It amounts to more disruption, confusion. Look at the truth and use it the way it needs to be used. And understand, Timothy, that those people who do that, that profane babblings, all they're trying to do is get you to fall into their plot, to fall into their idea of what they want you to do so they can use you to meet the ends that they want to achieve. The third thing that we look at, the third lesson that I looked at this, is on COVID-19, we simply weren't prepared. Folks, we knew that it was coming. And you might say, well, everybody blew things out of proportion and everything, you know, we didn't get the right. We knew it was coming. But we weren't prepared. And then when it finally got here, a lot of people panicked. And it amazes me, and I saw something that I have never seen in the United States of America. Grocery shelves and store shelves empty on some items. People couldn't find meat there for a while. And toilet paper, I want you to explain that one to me. A shortage of toilet paper. Folks, we just weren't prepared. We knew that things happened in China. We knew that things had happened in Seattle, and we can see it unfolded in New York. Then all of a sudden it's here, we thought, well, when did that get here? You know, we do not prepare spiritually. <clears throat> we know there's going to be a time when there's a, a reckoning in our spiritual lives. We know that we're going to have to answer, that we're going to have to prepare for it, but how many of us just put it off? Well, I'll do it someday. I'll take care of it someday. Well, it's never going to touch me. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. 
gives a pretty good scenario of really the way we are in, in reading that. Matthew 25, beginning with verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven, the church, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for your, our lamps are going out. <coughs> but the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you, but rather go to those who sell and buy yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know whether the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Five were prepared, five were not. You know, that's what I've seen with this. There are those who prepare. And it's very easy to get called up in all of this and not be prepared to say that's a distant thing. It's not going to touch us. It's not going to get here. It won't affect us at all. And then all of a sudden, it's here. A real case scenario. And in our spiritual lives, that'll be the same. You know, the five foolish, it seemed like they just went through the motions. They weren't spiritually prepared because they didn't have the oil. And in many cases, we may not be spiritually prepared because we may be intending to go to the wedding, but we don't have everything we need. We don't have everything in order. We had five that, that were ready. And when the situation came and presented itself, when the wedding came, they were prepared and ready and ready to go in. Such it is with our spiritual lives. We need to be prepared. We don't need to be caught without oil for our lamps. What's going to unfold the next few months? <clears throat> we don't know. But we want to think that whatever it is, that we may be prepared for it, that we can adapt and adjust to whatever we need to do. We don't know in our spiritual lives what may unfold. I remember... <clears throat> 
there was a minister, he was, he was speaking one place, and there was construction going on back behind the, the, uh, the building. <clears throat> and he was getting into his lesson, <clears throat> excuse me, he was getting into his lesson, and he is about to get to the climax, he is about to make his point, then all of a sudden, there was a huge, gigantic boom, window shaking, building rattling, boom. And you could just see everybody in the auditorium set up and look, eyes wide, even he stopped. And he was sharp enough that that was the end of his lesson. And he said, what if that had have been the end. Are you ready? And then he told a song singer singing the invitation song. The largest response he had ever had from a sermon. Those are the things that we have to look at. So many things have happened during this and we have to look at not only our society's attitude toward COVID-19, we have to look at our society's attitude toward spiritual things, toward God, toward each other. And we have to do the same thing. A lot of issues that we face whatever they may be. Yes, we face them as a group. But before we face them at a, as a group, we have to face them individually. We have to respond to that. So where do you stand today? What's your response going to be? Are you prepared for the future? Do you have enough oil for your lamps? What is your attitude toward sin, toward God? How do you interpret and how do you apply God's truth, His Word, the Bible? This morning we want you to know that if you need to respond, it's a proper time to do so. Don't be unprepared. Respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Respond to what His sacrifice meant to us. Be obedient to God's word. You have heard the word. Hopefully you believe the word. You repent of your past. You confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God. You are buried with him in the waters of baptism. Raised to, to be a new creature. By the way, that new creature is called a Christian. Or maybe you have slid away. Maybe you need to be restored. We're willing to pray for you to do whatever it takes so that you will be prepared for whatever comes your way. Won't you come while we stand and while we sing?